Dwight Clark, championship weekend, the birth of the 49ers dynasty in Joe Montana. It is championship weekend. Welcome in Hop the Props. Hop the Props is back. Was, was that the last time the Cowboys were relevant? Was that year? Uh, maybe eh, 82. I don't know. Maybe not. Bro, I, mean, who, I mean, they haven't done anything recently, so they might as well be. But welcome to Hop the Props, Hoppers. Glad to have you back on a nice championship week. Chuck, we got two big football games this week coming up. Oh, great games this weekend. After, I don't know, none of the games were crazy close last weekend. I guess the Chiefs one came down to the wire with Chad Henney, or our boy, anything is possible with Chad Henney. Um, yeah, but shout out to the Browns to cover in that 10.5 point spread there. Yep, it would have been close if Butker didn't miss a field goal and an extra point, and then yeah. if Mahomes didn't go out, so uh, whatever. It was kind of the week of missed kicks. I mean, Justin Tucker had a couple. Yeah, he had a um, lot. He had like three. Didn't he? Yeah. The Bills kicker, Bass, whatever his name is. Is that his last name? He's the Bills kicker. Oh, yeah. He's a rookie, so he missed yeah. He missed like one or it two. It was super then, windy in Buffalo, to be fair. but. I mean, any time Buffalo in January, the weather's probably not going to be ideal. Yeah. But yeah, two two great games. But and, I think we uh, got I think we got the best four teams out of this. After all, after all said and done, a weird year. I think I think the best four teams is what we got. So I'm excited for this weekend. I agree. I agree. Did you have the in a couple weeks ago when we did our whole bracket thing? Did you have the Bills and the Chiefs in the AFC? Uh, no. I think I ended up going Steelers. I didn't believe in the Bills or the Bucks, even though I I do think. They're the best teams now, and I'm, I've am i been proven wrong about that, but I just thought they would eventually let us down, um, just just from an inexperience factor, mostly. Yeah, that, may, that makes sense. I, I I was looking at it today, and I'm like, you know, if the, if Seattle would have beat the Rams, then my brand, I mean, I mean, Pittsburgh losing to the Browns, but, like, these were the four teams that I thought were the best four. I, yeah. I know I had Bill Chiefs, and then I had I had Bucks saints but that's only because the Saints would have, Played, yeah, um, that's how the bracket works. That's what's kind of tough about these NFL brackets yeah. is you don't get the the right games. Yeah, but I do I do agree. I think these are the best four teams, and I'm I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah, both games three point spreads, so they expect Vegas expects them to be close. I expect them to be close. Um, should be a great weekend of football. Well, why don't you why don't you lead us off with uh, your boys, your boys that you got money on to win the Super Bowl this year? Yep, this is my Super Bowl pick. Uh, the Packers they looked really good last week against the Rams, um, so I like them here again against the Bucks minus three. This is more about the Packers to me than than it is the Bucks. I'm not going to bash the Bucks by any means. They're they're a pretty solid team, and and I like Tom Brady and obviously all their weapons and and what they can do. And they and they had a good game against the Saints that I didn't think they would win. So I've been impressed by the Bucks, but I think this is more about the Packers, and I've been even more impressed by the Packers and what they did last week, uh, winning 32-18 to 18 against the Rams. So that score doesn't suggest utter domination. I, I was confident they would win by double digits, and that's what ended up happening, and they won by 14. But I would say the Packers actually dominated this game against arguably the best defense in football with the Rams. Um, the Rams have given up 16 points per game all year and made Russell Wilson look really bad already in the playoffs. Um, but Aaron Rodgers and the Packers just, just seemed to torture them. They punted twice all game, and they and they were both on 30-yard drives, so they were still decent drives. Like, they never had a three-and-out all game. Um, the shortest drive of the game was five plays, and I think that, that even ended up in a field goal. 
Uh, Rodgers didn't get sacked against the strong defensive front and Aaron Donald and the Rams. They have three running backs that all can run the ball really well between Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, and A.J. Dillon. So kind of a three-headed beast in the backfield, which is great come playoff time to kind of just go with the hot hand and not, you know, no one's getting banged up. Um, and, you know, Seth, Seth, we talked about this last week, Devontae Adams versus Jalen Ramsey. I would say Devontae Adams kind of won that battle. He only had 66 yards, but he had nine catches and a touchdown. I, I count that as winning the battle. Yeah. I definitely count battle. Especially if you saw how upset Jalen Ramsey looked, especially after that touchdown. And pretty much the separation that Devontae Adams could get from him, I, I'd say he won the battle there. Yeah. And, and the Packers were doing such a, good, a great job game playing, knowing that Jalen was going to follow Devontae Adams around on that touchdown play. Like how they motioned Devontae back and forth so that they just get Jalen running back and forth. And Jalen just couldn't keep up. Um, so that was just just smart coaching on on the part of Matt Lafleur, and I mean I even like the the guys that behind Devonte Adams, Alan Lazard stepped up and had a big game last week. Uh, Robert Tunyon has come out of nowhere as the tight end for the Packers. He has like I think more touchdown catches this year than he had catches all of last year, so that's pretty crazy. Um, so I like the guys behind him um, to for Aaron to throw the ball to, and like I said, the running backs. So I I don't know, just when I just look at it and sum it all up and think about it, I think the Packers are the hottest and most complete team remaining. And so I'm you know, and I gotta stick with my boys. I got I got money on them to win the Super Bowl. I said that at the beginning of the playoffs and I doubled down on it this week after seeing what they did to the Rams. Um and the Bucks looked strong last week, but I mean without those three picks from Drew Brees, I think I think the Saints end up winning that game. So I don't think Aaron Rodgers will make that as many mistakes. You know, maybe maybe he throws one pick, maybe. I could see that, but I think this I think this will be close, but I think the Packers win by, you know, six six to eight points. And uh I'm gonna roll with Matt LaFleur, Aaron Rodgers and and all these weapons and just, just the hotness and overall completeness of the Packers. Chuck, this this game is kind of a kind of a you versus me here. I've got the Bucks going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, we're we're got, all on the NFC. And uh, I'm I'm gonna stay with the Bucks here. And the reason why is because of turnovers. As you mentioned last game, yeah. you say, you're like, Drew Brees threw three picks. The Saints had four turnovers. They had that very costly fumble um, okay. kind of toward the end of the third quarter that yep. kind of turned the game out, in my opinion. Um, but it, as you know, these teams played earlier in the year. Um, Tampa Bay won 38-10. to 10. Now, I, I'm taking nothing from that score because yeah. that, that, I think, was just the, it was almost a fluke of a game. Um, but Aaron Rodgers did throw two picks in that game. Yep. So there were two turnovers there, and Tom Brady didn't throw a single pick. I mean, great. He only threw for 166 yards, but he had two touchdowns and no picks. Um, and I, I think this game is actually going to be won by the Tampa Bay defense. Yeah, it's probably the best Tampa defense Bay, remaining of these four they're teams. Gonna go, I think they're going to go into Green Bay, coming off of the Saints game with a lot of confidence in those three picks and that fumble, and I think they're going to wreak a little bit of havoc on Aaron Rodgers in the secondary. Where I'm not sure if their pass rush is going to be as effective because, I mean, the Packers' D-line pretty much neutralized the uh, Aaron Donald and the Rams' pass rush last week. So I'm not sure how much the Bucks will pressure Aaron Donald, but I think they're going to change up looks in the secondary completely different from the first time they played them and try to beat them with schemes rather than power and try to play. I think this game is going to be won by like a, a kind of a savvy defensive play. 
Like, I, I think the Bucks are going to be up by three, um, going to the last drive, and, you know, a switch on the defense might cause Aaron Rodgers to throw a pick, and I think that's how the Bucks win this game. I think it's a very close game. I, th- I think it's going to come down to a field goal at the end. Yeah. Um, but I, I think the Bucks pull it off because I think they'll win in the turnover margin. They've won in the past couple – they won in this game last time they played them. They won against New Orleans. They tied against Washington. They won one and one. Um, but I and I also think that the Bucks offense is also it just keeps getting better and better every mm-hmm. week. Yep, for sure. And I'm not sure if the Packers secondary will be able to stop every weapon that they have as well. Yeah. Um, so that that leaves. But I also think that Devontae Adams is going to go off in this game. That's why I also think the over on Devontae Adams would be good. He only had, he only had six catches for 61 yards last time they played him. But Aaron Rodgers is going to be looking for him all game. And I think Aaron Rodgers is going to have a better game than he did last time because he went 16 for 35, 160 yards, and two picks. I think he's easily going to have over 250 yards in this game and at least one or two touchdowns. I expect Devontae Adams to have over 80, about 80 to 90, maybe even more receiving yards against this team. So I like Devontae Adams on the over there, but I think I think the Bucks come away with the win on the road in Lambeau and take, a, take the Super Bowl. Because isn't the Super Bowl in Tampa this year? Uh, I'm pretty yeah, sure it is. Yeah, it might be. Yeah, that would be crazy. So, I th- I think I think the Bucks go into Lambeau and then go home for the Super Bowl. That would be crazy. Um, yeah, I mean, you're making a lot of a lot of valid points. I I think I would agree that this game comes down to turnovers. Um, and these are two quarterbacks that don't seem to turn it over, especially come playoff time. Um, so that'll be an interesting to see because you know I would say Tom Brady during the regular season was more prone to make make mistakes um, but the Bucks defense maybe is a little bit better than the Packers and there certainly is value with with such a close game I expect it to be such a close game that there's a value taking the points here and getting three just in case of a you know you could even push it at that point so you know I like I like your points but I don't know I think I think the Packers are are hotter and this Tom Brady thing. Let's keep in mind this is still the first year of this of this, and you know I know they're playing really well, but you know there there might be it might take a couple years for this this fully to work. Maybe maybe they're the team. Maybe next year is the Bucks year. I don't think it's I don't think it's this year. I think Rodgers is super motivated and uh, and he gets it done and, and wins another one. Yeah, the, the the main thing that I'm questioning is just can the can the Packers cause turnovers because they didn't they didn't cause a single turnover. Um, Again, the Rams last week. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm looking at games that they've played in playoff teams. Like they played the Colts. They lost to the Colts. Um, and they had four turnovers and caused two. So they lost that turnover battle. They lost in the Bucks turnover battle two to zero. Um, they beat the Saints earlier in the year. And they, they caused one turnover in that game. It was one zero there. So I'm just, I think I'm just not sure if the, Green Bay defense can get the get that momentum. Like if they do fall behind a little bit, yeah. Like they could use like a pick to get the momentum to swing it right the um, their way without having to get the offense on the field um, and have to go for a long drive to get that momentum. Like a pick and a short short touchdown would do it. But I'm not sure if um, they'll be able to do that. I'm not sure if they'll be able to rattle Brady on the D line or in the secondary. Um, but we'll we'll see there. I'm I'm still sticking with my boys. You're sticking with your boys. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a tight one. It's gonna be a tight one. I'm excited. Yeah, we should make a little friendly wager on this one, maybe. So I I definitely got to do a friendly wager. I'd even take you straight up, just money lines. Yeah, 
Just take away the points. I'll take you. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll have a nice friendly win. We'll talk about that offline. I'll be, yeah, I'll, I'll be in Florida this weekend, so I won't be really able to place any bets. So oh, yeah. we might have a lot of wagers here. Might have to do some friendly wagers instead. Yeah. All right, moving on. We'll we'll get into the AFC action here. This is, you know, I'm a little bit more excited about the uh, the Packers Bucks, but um, this should be a great one too. We got we got the up and coming Bills trying to take on the the AFC reigning defending champion Chiefs. Uh, this is also a three point spread in the Chiefs' favor, and I think they're assuming that Mahomes is going to play. I am also going to assume that Mahomes is going to play. Took a pretty my, big my. hit. Uh, in that Browns game, he looked he looked pretty scary. He looked like he was about to die. Um, he looked rattled. Yeah, that he was. Looked, he looked like me coming out of a calc final. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know what happened. Everything kind of went black. I just left a page open. I drew a picture. <laughs> yeah, I could definitely relate to that that rattled feeling um, as well. But you know, I think. When it's all said and done, I think he gets through the concussion protocol and passes all the steps that he needs to. Um, they're going to make sure that Mahomes is out to play this game. Um, I'm a little less confident in who wins this game, but I do think the Chiefs end up winning um, with Mahomes. I think he he wills them to victory. They, they looked really good against the Browns offensively. Um, I know they only scored 22 points in the end of it, but um, between a missed field goal and a missed extra point, they could have come away with a lot more, and they were... I'm pretty sure they had a scoring drive every time, or close to it, every time Mahomes had the ball. So, you know, they're on a roll offensively. I, I have faith in, in the guys that have Andy Reid and, and his team being in the spot before and the Bills not being in the spot before. I think this is their first AFC Championship game since, like, 1995 or something like that. So, you know, young quarterback, young coach, are they ready to go into Kansas City and win? And I, I personally think that the Bills have actually looked pretty vulnerable so far. I think they, they easily could have lost that game against the Colts, and barring Lamar Jackson getting hurt and throwing that costly pick six um, on, like, the four-yard or the one-yard line, um, you know, the, the, the Ravens could have come away with that one as well. So I think the Bills have been a little little lucky and, and showed a little bit of vulnerability, and I know that maybe the Chiefs did too, but I'm going to roll with the Chiefs and the, the more experienced coach and the, the better quarterback, and, and I think the Bills are, are coming, and, and they will – get past the Chiefs at some point, but I don't think this is the year. I agree. Um, I think it's been a good season for the Bills, but they haven't impressed me really in either game. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to talk about what you were talking about earlier when you mentioned that you said that they scored on every drive, and I was going to bring that up if you didn't. But, yeah, the Chiefs had eight total drives in that Browns game. And the Browns' defense is a good defense. I think they're a better defense than the Bills. The Bills don't have a great defense, really. Mm-hmm. Um. But the Chiefs went touchdown, touchdown, field goal, field goal, halftime, missed field goal, field goal. And on that field goal drive, that's when Mahomes got hurt. Yeah. And then they had the interception and then the end of the game drive. So they every every drive that Mahomes was in, they scored. The Browns have a pretty good defense. So I if they had that against the Bills, I expect at least one of those field goals to be a touchdown. Um and the Chiefs also the Chiefs defense kind of gets slept on too sometimes like they're not they're not great but they kind of get overshadowed by the offense and no one talks about them so I think the Bills are actually gonna I mean they'll they'll put up points but I don't think they'll be able to keep up with the pace that the Chiefs will be able to put up points on I think I'm actually this a hot take this game I think the Bills actually go ahead early yeah like a end of three 
or like a 7-0 or maybe even a 10-0 Bills, kind of like the Texans last year when they went up 24 to nothing on the Chiefs. <laughs> yeah. I think the Bills start hot, um, but I think the Chiefs end up picking it up and cover this spread. I think they win by more than seven points. I think they, I think a touchdown, like if you take a, if you're playing a, a riskier bet here, you go minus six and a half Chiefs. I think that's a good play. Um, I definitely think it's going to be close though. I'd, so I'd, I'd take the Chiefs here at minus two and a half on a conservative play. I think that would work out well. Uh, but yeah, look. If especially if Mahomes, we're thinking Mahomes will play. I would be shocked if he did. Yeah. Even if he technically cleared, I think he would still play. I know it gets, and the thing about this is the concussion part of it. If it was any other yeah. injury, I would have no doubt in my mind. Um, but the concussion is where it gets a little iffy because they don't they don't want anybody getting really wrecked out there. But yeah, but yeah, I'm I, with I you. definitely think the lack of him running. So another prop that you could throw would be um, under Mahomes' rushing yards. It probably won't be overly high. Mm-hmm. might be around, like, teens or something, but I'd, I'd still take the under because I don't think Andy Reid is going to run him at all. And I'm not sure if he'd have to scramble too much with the Bills' D-line being what it is. So yeah. that could be another prop you could look at there. Um, I'd have to look at the exact number uh, to see if it was a value, but something to check out for sure. Uh, speaking of quarterbacks running, this is a point I meant to bring up in my, my opening monologue, but... The Bills do not have a running game. Their their leading rusher, I think, in the, in both of the last two of their playoff games was Josh Allen. Um, so I think the the Chiefs hopefully hopefully know that going in and and try to shut that down a little bit. And otherwise, they can't really beat you on the ground. So they're very one dimensional when it comes to uh, their offense. So I think the Chiefs can uh, can stymie that. And I kind of like this is kind of a weird take as well, and I'm not confident in it, but I kind of like the under in this one. It's it's at fifty four. Um, there's a slight chance of rain. It's going to be cold in Kansas City. Um, not not that these teams are not used to playing in the cold. They both are, obviously. But I kind of like the under. I think a lot of these games so far, these playoffs, have, have kind of hit the under. They've been a little bit lower scoring than, than we expected. Um, haven't been too many games in the 30s. Um, so I, I kind of like the under 54 here, maybe teasing that up a little bit. But Yeah. Um, and, yeah, you're right. The, the first game the Bills played against the Colts, Josh Allen leading, leading rusher at like 52 yards. And then last week against the Ravens, it was Singletary with only 25 yards. Mm. And another prop that I'm just going to say to look at here is uh, Stephon Diggs over again. I mean, he's Josh Allen's number one target. And if they're, they're, if they're going to score, it's, it's going to be through him. Yeah. He might not be the one getting the touchdowns, but he's going to be the one getting down the field. So I'd also look for his prop to be over because I think they're going to look to air it out early. And that's what I'm, I'm thinking a big play early to step on digs, you know, gets them on the board and takes that early lead. I think the Chiefs end up covering that. Yeah. All right. So I, we're actually on agreement with that one. We don't need to we don't need to make a friendly wager, but we will have a friendly wager in the NFC going. Um, so yeah, good stuff. I'm excited for this this weekend of football. Yeah. So my, I mean, I'm, I'm sad that there's no more games on on Saturday though. Yeah. Yeah. But we got a we got a hell of a Sunday for us. I know. At least. I'm very excited. But that's okay that there aren't any games on Saturday, Chuck. Any NFL games? Plus. A surplus of college basketball games on Saturday. And they are games that I'm very excited about. Very excited. Yeah. Hop the Hoops is back um, after. Hop the Hoops is back, baby. 
Welcome to the next second official segment of Hop the Hoops. I think Seth, what, what? Seth, you had five games last week, ended up going three and one because one got canceled because of COVID reasons. So Hop the Hoops is is pretty hot, and he's got what four more games for us this week. Yeah, the the only one that lost last week was the under on Colorado, and that would hurt because the, the under was like fine in the first half. Like I forget I forget exactly the number. I think it was one thirty five, and they had a combined sixty points in the first half and I was like oh money and then Colorado goes out and scores like 60 points in the second half which is the most that they've ever scored in the half this year and I was just like you've got to be kidding me that was the only one that lost but the other three hit um, and then the Iowa game was cancelled but we got four more this week and they're all on Saturday and it's a week of the home teams this is the homecoming of college basketball this week (laughs) homecoming week is here because I've got four teams, and I'm taking the home team in each. The first game, we've got a little Maryland against Minnesota. Now, all these all these games, the lines haven't come out yet because it's Saturday. So we still got a couple days. So watch the lines, and I'll at the end of each game, I'll have my recommended line. Um, and we'll talk about it when we get there. But first game I want to talk about is Maryland versus Minnesota. I'm going to go uh, Minnesota on offensive efficiency is 32nd. Maryland's 24th, which is better. On defensive efficiency, Minnesota's 29th, Maryland's 86th, and pace of play, Minnesota's 61st, and Maryland's 292nd. So judging by that, they look kind of even there. The only difference really is pace of play, and Maryland has a slightly worse defense. But again, top 100 in both offense and defense. So I test, they look kind of even. But the the thing that stands out to me here is Minnesota's 4-4 in conference play. Their four wins are at home. And they're 5-0 against ranked opponents, four in conference, and the fifth one being St. Louis, who's now ranked uh, 25th. So the, the main difference here with Minnesota is they are a drastically different team on the road and at home. At home, they shoot about 46%, shooting from the field of 45.7. But when they're away, they're shooting 31.6%. So when I was going through all the, all the statistics and data, they weren't high in any category. And I was like, this team is ranked like 16th and 17th in the nation. How are they not high in any category? It's because when they play on the road, they play so bad. They just can't shoot the ball. But when they play at home, it's it's a completely different story. They beat Iowa, um, St. Louis, Michigan. I'm going to pull up their schedule real fast so I can look at it. But they've beaten some some good teams on the road here. Um, and go, going off that, so Minnesota is also in the top 100 in defense and offense or defensive rebounds and offensive rebounds while maryland is ranked in the bottom 50 in the entire nation in offensive rebounds so i mean they're maryland's not going to get a lot of second chance points in this game minnesota's probably going to dominate the glass um the other difference that i noticed is maryland is only 67 percent from the line while minnesota is ranked third in the 33rd in the league shooting 76 percent Maryland also averages 15 fouls a game, which is in the top third in the nation for most fouls per game. So the other thing is Minnesota is going to be in the bonus and probably the double bonus going late into this game, which means they're going to get a lot of free throws to look for them to extend this lead. So my my line for this game where I see it as a value is Minnesota at minus 10 and a half. I think Minnesota wins this game by double digits pretty easily. Um, let me pull up their schedule real fast here just so I can – um, to show you what I'm talking about here. But, yeah, I, I, if I was to make the line, I've got a minus 10.5. I'm usually pretty close to what Vegas puts it on. Um, 
So yeah, there there are four wins at home. I or Iowa, Michigan State, Ohio State, and Michigan, and they won all those games by double digits except for St. Louis, who they only won by eight. But or no, they only and they only beat Iowa by seven. But they put up 102 points against Iowa, which is impressive. So I look for Minnesota here to stretch this lead and kind of beat up on a Maryland team that I think is just a bad matchup for them especially on the glass and especially at home. Now, if these teams play in Maryland, I have a completely different opinion and would not take Minnesota by 10. But the fact that it's in Minnesota, I love the Golden Gophers by double digits. We're going to go for the Big Ten, the ACC. Another team, I talked about this team last week, and I was I bet against them, and it hit. Virginia Clemson. We rolled with Virginia. Big win for the Cavs. Um, and I've got I've got Clemson again this week. Florida State versus Clemson. Um, this game's at Florida State. They played earlier in the year, um, and Clemson did beat them. However, if you guys were watching any college basketball tonight, Clemson kind of just got worked by Georgia Tech at Georgia Tech. So not good. And they Clemson's played three road games this year. They played Virginia Tech. They lost that one. They played Miami, where they only won by one. And then they just got a, kind of got blown out by Virginia Tech. And both Miami and Virginia Tech had top 60 defensive efficiency ratings, which seems to give Clemson trouble. Like the higher, better the defense, um, the more they struggle on offense. And Florida State's 43rd on defense, which is only a couple uh, positions lower than Virginia Tech. Uh, Florida State also has the 12th best offensive efficiency, while Clemson has the 78th. So we, we saw Clemson struggle to score against the Virginia team at home. Virginia, in my opinion, has the best defense in the league. I know when they played in that game, Clemson was number one. They've dropped to six in defensive efficiency. But I think they're going to they're gonna continue to drop as they lose to Georgia Tech. And I think they're going to lose to Florida State again. I know they beat them last time. But going into Florida State, having the trouble on the road, ever since they had that break, they haven't quite played as well. They've been giving up a lot more points. Florida State is averaging 88 points in the past three games. And one of those games was beating Louisville on the road by 13. And another one was scoring over 100 points against NC State. And Clemson has given up more than 85 points to Virginia. And they gave up 83 tonight against uh, Georgia Tech. And I just see both these teams, Florida State's trending upward. And I think Clemson's trending a little downward. And I don't think they get it back on track at a tough Florida State team. I've got Florida State here minus eight and a half. I think if that line's any lower, you've got to slam Florida State. If it's at eight and a half, I'd be a little hesitant and see which way kind of the Sharps push it. But I I would be shocked if that line came out higher than eight and a half. I think it's going to come out around probably six or seven. So I'd, I'd hit that line hard on Florida State. Chuck, you got any thoughts on that game? Your boys. Your boys aren't playing too hot. You keep bashing my boys. I was excited. We had had just lost the the semifinal in football, and Clemson started to get good at basketball all of a sudden. It was ranked all the way at 12. And then we had that COVID outbreak and have looked really, really bad since, losing 85-50 to to Virginia and then 83-65 to to Georgia Tech, which is a lot – looks a lot worse than, obviously, the Virginia loss. That looked pretty bad as well, but – so I hate to see that for my boys. Um, I definitely do think Florida State wins this game just because we beat them the first time. Um, I don't know if it'll 
be that by that much, but I, I don't even know if this the spread will come out as that much. I know Florida State's at home, um, and Clemson's looked pretty bad lately, so I guess maybe it will just because of how bad Clemson's looked. Um, we'll see how this goes, but I, I definitely agree that Florida State should win this game. I'm, I'm personally hoping that Clemson bounces back after two tough losses, and maybe they will. But just because Clemson beat them the first time, I see this kind of just being a, one of those ACC splits. Yeah, I, I was kind of pissed at Clemson because they got blown out today, and I was like, God damn it, that's going to push this line bigger than it probably should have been. Yeah, if they won tonight, I mean, this would have been like a pick em, I think. Maybe Florida oh, yeah. State by like three. Tonight, it would have been a two- to three-point swing. Yeah. Um, not sure, you know, where Vegas would have leaned there. Um, but there, there, is possibly money, there is possibly money on Clemson. If this line comes out of like, 14 or something like really high which i don't think it's going to but in case it does i see the value there on clemson because i i don't think they're going to get blown out three games in a row yeah you, you but can't I think. do see florida state winning by a, a sizable margin yeah. like i don't see it being a one or two possession game i see it being like a three um so three or more so i i really see the value here especially if 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 that line comes out and it's like four and a half slam Florida State slammed so hard that's got I think I'm not sure which is my favorite pick Minnesota Florida State or uh, one of my next ones that I'll bring it up but it's I think that's a great value if you get them at four and a half or five you can also tease it down that much on DraftKings or another um, sports book if you got that but I, I love Florida State in this game. They've been playing a really good basketball, and they've been scoring a lot, too. That, that's I just don't think Clemson's going to be able to score that much. Yeah, I would agree with that. Well, we're keeping it mainstream this week. We're hitting a lot of big games. We're going to another team that I talked about um, last week, or a couple weeks. Maybe it was last week. It was, I don't know. I forget. I talked about them, though. Baylor, Oklahoma State. Yeah, it was last Baylor, week. Baylor, another unknown line. Um, Baylor's fourth in offensive efficiency. They've take they have taken over the number one spot on defensive efficiency. They're at 155th in pace of play. Oklahoma State's 51st, 26th, and 70th respectively on offense, defense, and pace of play. Um, Oklahoma State is one of those teams that I think is a little underrated this year. They got Kate Cunningham, who's projected to be the number one pick in the draft. Um, and all they're nine and three. All three of their losses have been by a combined seven points. Well, like they they don't lose by a lot, um, and I forget, they lost to West Virginia. They had a not so good loss in the middle. Um, I'm gonna figure out who that was real fast because like kind of escaped me. I want to say it was like, uh, I forget. Hold on, hold on, time out. I need to find him. It's gonna bother me. It's gonna bother me for the rest of the segment. Gotta be better prepared. I know. I know. I had I have all the stats. I just didn't have the stat. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. There they are. Okay. Okay. The three losses, TCU. That was the loss I was talking about. Mm. TCU, Texas, and West Virginia. So yep. two of their losses have been to Good team. You know, top big, big 12 teams. And they lost to Texas by three, and they lost to West Virginia by three, lost TCU by one. So they, when they lose, they don't lose by a lot. And that's that, the first thing that I saw is I was like, okay, they don't lose by a lot, but this line's got to come out kind of big because – Baylor went into Texas Tech, who's ranked, and I think and Oklahoma State beat them. But, I mean, still on paper, Texas Tech is better. And the line is at Baylor four and a half. I think it closed at five or four and a half. So that's why I'm like, I'm looking at this line, and I'm like, it's got to be at like seven. 
eight, mm-hmm. like somewhere in there. Um, and I was doing some research on these teams, and they, they play very similar basketball, and their strengths are similar. And I think this is going to be a pretty even game. I see this being another very close game. Um, Oklahoma State's a pretty consistent team. They don't, like, shoot – like, they're not like Minnesota where they just go cold on the road and they're hot at home. So they're, they're pretty consistent. So what you see is what you're going to get. Both teams average uh, – Oklahoma State averages 69% from the line. Baylor averages 70 So, again, neither team is great at the free throw line, but it won't hurt them because the other team is just as bad. Um, and so then I was like, oh, this is probably going to be an under-the-basket game, offensive and defensive rebounds, because that's where usually you can find out the discrepancies between teams – and, you know, who's going to get those extra possessions. Um, but really, they're pretty even there. Baylor is 33rd in offensive rebounds, averaging 13 a game, and Oklahoma State averages 11.67. So, again, only pretty much one more a game there. And then defensive rebounding, Oklahoma State has the edge by about 2.5 defensive rebounds over Baylor. Um, so both these teams are pretty even on the rebounding and the shooting aspect. Baylor, Baylor is not a team who's going to run it and gun it down your throat. If they were, I wouldn't be as high on this pick um, just because I feel like it could get away from Oklahoma State. But since Oklahoma State plays at a little faster tempo and they're at home, I think they're going to dictate the pace a little more, which is going to help them. And it's actually, since Baylor's going to play a little bit more the speed of Oklahoma State, I think that's going to keep the spread low. Um, And I think Oklahoma State's going to end up, I don't think they're going to win this game by any means, but I think they lose this game by four to five points. I think they keep it reasonable. I think it's going to go to the last minute, and I see them covering a seven and a half or an eight and a half point spread. So that's my that's my third home team pick right there. I'm taking a dog. It's my first dog, uh, but Oklahoma State. Give me Oklahoma State seven and a half, eight and a half, anywhere in there. If it goes down to six and a half and a five and a half, you're getting a little close, but I still like it. I still like it. I think it's going to be a close game. Um, I'll take the Cowboys, Chuck. Anything? Yeah, I mean, you made a lot of good points. I think looking at this on the surface, I was like, I think I talked about this last week. I was like, I'm just in the mode that Gonzaga or Baylor minus anything um, because they just seem to be the best teams in basketball right now. And I I still kind of think that, so I'm a little wary betting against Baylor. But but you made a lot of great points. I mean, Oklahoma State, I think they're a little underrated with with Kate Cunningham. They, They got a baller. And Kate Cunningham for sure, and uh, you know losing those those games to good teams by only three points, and being at home I think are are all you know pointing Oklahoma State here, so we'll we'll see what that line comes out at, but but I could I could see this being close, but you know Baylor yeah, won by eight last week I could see them winning by eight again, you know yeah I mean we Texas Tech uh, or Oklahoma State they beat Texas Tech and they beat Kansas just like Baylor did, mm-hmm. um, and Baylor beat. Texas Tech, I think, by, like, eight or something. Yeah, I think it was I mean, eight. Oklahoma State beat them by five. Um, oh, Baylor beat Kansas by eight. And then Oklahoma State beat them by five. I see both these teams pretty even. And the other thing is Baylor's coming off two big-ranked victories. And these they play Texas Tech, and then they play Kansas. Yeah, it could be a top um, game. Could be a and top I think game. it might be a little, of a, little bit of a letdown spot for yeah. them. Not enough to lose. I don't think they're going to lose, but I think it's enough to where, you know, they, they have a hiccup or something. No one's like, oh, okay, we got through the tough part of our schedule, tough in quotes. Um, and Oklahoma State, I think, is, is very worthy of being a ranked team. So this really, I think, should be a ranked versus ranked matchup. Um, and because it's not, I think Baylor might have kind of a slow start. 
Um, but we'll see. We'll see. The other, the other thing that I wanted to point out is Oklahoma State is not a good second-half team. They are much better in the first half. They were beating West Virginia by, like, 20 in the first half, and then they, like, blew it, and that's mm-hmm. how they lost that game. So another bet that I could that you could throw on here is whatever the spread would be at halftime might be, like, Baylor minus three. Take Oklahoma State there or even Oklahoma State money line first spread because they usually come out fast, especially at home. So look for that as well. So, so now I'm coming to my last one. My last hop the hoops. Sounds like a good 3-0 and so far. We're going back to the ACC. We got a little NC State versus North Carolina. Again, line unknown. These teams played earlier, um, and NC State ended up winning this game, I think, by 5 or something like that. Yeah, um, three, you, they, these teams are very even on offense, 58th and 56th on offensive efficiencies. UNC is 20th in defensive efficiency. NC State is 76th. And they both play about the same range of play, 97th and 150th for UNC and NC State. Um, the, the difference in that first game, which I want to point out, is that UNC went 2 for 12 from 3, which was under 20%, while NC State went 8 for 17. Now, UNC is not a big three-point shooting team, but they do average about 30% on their home court for 3. So I don't expect them to go 2 for 12 again. Um, I think that was a little low. They'll, they don't shoot a lot of threes. They're usually about not about between like nine and twelve. They played tonight against Wake Forest. And they like, they went three for nine, so they're not shooting from deep a lot. Um, the other thing that the thing that's stuck out to me about this game is why I like it so much is NC State has yet to win a road game this year, and last week or the last time they played, which was against Florida State, they gave up over a hundred points. Their last two games have been canceled. So we might be seeing having a little similar result to what happened at Clemson against Virginia. Mm. Not saying that UNC is a Virginia here, but I, I do think UNC has been playing a little bit better. I think at the beginning of the year, I remember um, when they played earlier in the year on the podcast, I said, looking forward to that game, NC State's going to win that game. And they did. Yep. Um, and I, they think did. They, I think these teams will split here. I think UNC will win this game purely because of, of rebounding. As I mentioned in the last game, there's, there wasn't really a difference in rebounding. In this game, that's the difference. North Carolina is first in the league in offensive rebounds with 16 a game, and they have 27 defensive rebounds a game, which is ranked 73rd. NC State is ranked 372nd in defensive rebounding. So you've got the number one offensive rebounding team against a bottom 30 defensive rebounding team. So look for North Carolina to get a lot of second-chance opportunities. They won't go 2-for-12 again on the road or they won't go two for 12 again at home. NC State, I don't think we'll be shooting 40% from three either. I like UNC to pick up a big win here against the state rival. I think this line's going to be pretty tight, thinking about minus three and a half. Um, and I like that for UNC. But I also like a money line here, just taking a money line to buff up any other um, picks here. I, I could I would, the, A very good bet that I would probably do myself before I head off to the great shiny uh, sunshine state of Florida is a little UNC money line. And then I'll probably take Florida state money line and I'll probably go a lot of units on those. Cause I'm very confident that both those teams are going to pull out a victory here as well as I'm, I'm very confident that Minnesota wins. And I'd say the order of confidence here for me is I've got to go Minnesota at one. There's no way Minnesota win- loses that game. Not a chance. Florida state's two. 
UNC's three, and then Oklahoma State's four. Just because the only reason why Oklahoma State's four is because they're going against Baylor, number two team in the country. We'll see, you know, when, yeah. if Baylor comes out hot or slow. Um, but, yeah, UNC minus three and a half, I think that's what the line should be. Um, that's what I'd expect it to be. Anything else, if it's higher than that, I'd take U- uh, NC State, actually, because I think it's still going to be a tight game. Um, but And if it's lower than that, you got to hammer UNC there. So, But love UNC to win that game. And, Chuck, you got anything on that one for the last, last game of Hop the Hoops? Yeah, um, just – this is my favorite of of the hop the hoops personally, and I I know I kind of steered you in this direction. So if it does not hit, you, you can mention this game. You can I will take all the blame, but none of the credit for this one. Um, but I I love UNC here for for some of the reasons that you mentioned, and and the one that you didn't. UNC is undefeated at home this year, so I know they've had kind of a kind of a weird year where they're they're not the UNC that we're used to, and they're not they're not ranked. Um. But they have been good at home. They 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 win their games at home, so I like them to to win this one as well. Um, and you know, NC State hasn't won a road game, so you're just going with the trends here, and this this whole idea that I really like, where you know two pretty even teams end up splitting their conference play. Um, so NC State winning the first one, I, I like UNC to win this one. So I, I I love UNC here a lot. Yeah, that that's a great point that you bring up. Undefeated on their home court coming against a team that hasn't won on a visiting court. And uh, I think that I think that's likely going to favor the Tar Heels here. Yeah, got to go with the trends sometimes. Yeah, got to go with the trends. And right now the trend of Hop the Hoops is a winning trend. 3-1 and one in our first week. I'm feeling a good 4-0 this week. I know everyone's going to say that, but I really do. Like, I, I feel this. I think another, another nice um, money line pick, you could just go UNC, Florida State, and Minnesota all money line. Because those are the three teams that I, I really see beating the other team. Because the other teams that they're playing are kind of going down or they're struggling. Um, and that, that should actually pay out pretty good. Should pay plus money there. Yep. Three favorite plus money. You can't complain there. Um, so I think that's a good opportunity to load a lot of money in there. Uh, we're not, not quite at the put the mortgage down. Because that's, like, well, that's like a once a season type of bet there. Um, that we have I'll, I'm sure I'll have one that's later. flashback to season one when you said lock of the century hey hey I'm pretty sure it hit yeah I think it did yeah so we're good we're fine um, but yeah I wouldn't put the mortgage on it but I'd put a new car on it <laughs> so you know maybe maybe like a like a Ford Fusion's worth <laughs> enough enough to buy the missus something nice there you go that's what you put on. You put on. You put on enough to buy the missus something nice. Say, so, baby, I I got you. Seth Seth from Hop the Props has got me. I'm gonna get you something real nice with this little Hop the Hoop. I can't wait. Week. I can't wait. I'm excited. <laughs> I am excited. Love it. All right. Thank you, Seth, for for the Hop the Hoops action there. But um, I'm gonna I'm gonna start a new segment here. I I know we t- we started talking about it last week. How there's kind of a little less to talk about as football kind of winds down and Seth kind of specializes in his college basketball, but there's still some other sports going on. So I'm gonna come up with a new segment here that I'll we'll see we'll see if I keep it up. Um, had crazy town last week, but I'm gonna go with random rundown this week. Trying out some new segments. Um, see how it goes. So I'm gonna I'm gonna dive into a couple a couple other sports, some some non college basketball, some non football to talk about. And we're going to start it off with the NHL. You know, I know, Seth, that's neither of our specialty, but I think the money in the NHL is on, on the over-under. It's a little bit easier for me to, to me to grasp. Um, I would agree. Yeah. You know, the over-unders in hockey, they typically come out at five and a half or six goals. 
Um, they don't change too often off of that number. And it's just kind of easy to just look at teams. Are they good offensively? Are they, you know, they have a bad goalie? Um, you can you can find some pretty easy stats on that from offensive and defensive ratings rather than looking at, you know, I think any any given team can can win on a any given night based on, you know, a couple lucky bounces of a puck. So, but I'm going to look for, you know, teams that, that have bad goalies or are giving up a lot of goals. And two teams I want you to take a look at for kind of the rest of the season or maybe this weekend specifically if you're looking to get into some action in the NHL. Um, are the Sharks and the Blackhawks. Um, the Sharks give up o- a little over four goals a game. Uh, both these teams have played three games so far this year, by the way. Um, and the Blackhawks are giving up five goals a game. And the Blackhawks have done that with two different goalies. So they have, they're, they're trying new goalies, and they're still giving up five goals a game. So I really I really like the Blackhawks to give up a lot of goals. And when you look at that number and, and the over-unders at six goals, and the Blackhawks are giving five a game, you know I think there's pretty good value in the over there to, to hit and, and just bake banking on the Blackhawks to score a couple goals. Um, both both of these teams play on Friday. Um, I'm a little bit more confident that the Blackhawks over will hit. They're playing the Red Wings, who have scored um, a decent amount of goals so far this year. And, you know, so the Blackhawks giving up a lot of goals and the Red Wings scoring a lot of goals makes for a good um, matchup to hit the over. Um, the Sharks played the Wild. The Wild have, have played kind of low-scoring games so far this year, so it's kind of shying away from that but ju- this is just kind of something to, to to look at as the season progresses i'm giving you guys investment opportunities for the long term here we got a long season ahead of us in the nhl um keep an eye on the blackhawks and the sharks they're still getting up a lot of goals game and they're having a lot of high scoring games it's probably because they don't don't play very good defense or they don't have a very good goalie uh, one of the two or both yeah, it's kind of like how i was on chicago state all year in college basketball it's like whenever a team plays chicago state they're probably going to cover because they, they suck. Yeah. It's the same. The Blackhawks are 0 3 this year. Um, I don't believe they were very good last year. No, they weren't. They were I not, just not remember them team. being bad. Yeah. Um, and I feel like most hockey games where a team sucks, they just, it's because of their goalie and they give up a lot of goals. Like, there's, like, there's a lot of cases where a team will lose a lot of games, you know, 1 0, but I feel like it's more common for them to lose the games like 5 to 2. Yep. So, look for that with Chuck. I don't have too much to chip in there. I don't have too much knowledge on it. But, um, but yeah, I'm always excited to watch the hockey. So, I, it gives me something to tune into to watch. Yeah, uh, you know, and that's that's one of the best things about sports betting, kind of going off on the side here. Just It gets you interested in games that you normally wouldn't be interested in. Like, I wouldn't care what, what the Blackhawks are doing against the Red Wings, but, but now I do. You know, I got a little action on it, and uh, we'll see what happens. I like it. I like it. Getting the, getting the NHL in. I, I like how we're being so inclusive. Hey, right random rundown. We're getting we're getting some random stuff in. We're making sure everybody's included. Just wait until I wrap it up. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw off something at the end here for to to really random rundown. I'm pretty excited. Um, so I'm, I'm gonna dive into the NBA real quick. Uh, you know we've been I think one of the NBA teams that we keep talking about just because they're they're so interesting this year is the Nets. Um, and I was I was looking at how Kyrie Kyrie was returning tonight. Um, and I noticed he had, he had a nice game. He had he had thirty points. And so I think it was going to go into overtime. But um, dude, the Ca- the Cavs won in double overtime. Double overtime. Forty seven. Wow. One five. What a game. Okay. Or, yeah, yeah. Double overtime. So I, I was telling yeah. Seth earlier had, actually before the show. Durant had thirty eight. Uh, Kyrie had thirty seven. James Harden had a triple double and had twenty one. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I was telling Seth earlier before the show that that I should have thrown on the the Cavs money line because they were 
They were 11 point dogs, but all the money was coming in, like 95% of the money was coming in on that Nets minus 11, um, just because Kyrie was coming back and he's playing the Cavs, kind of a big deal, I guess. Um, and, you know, I think there's there's good value. If you ever see something like that, it's worth throwing a couple bucks on the underdog because when that much money comes in, it's, it's happened to us. It's gotten me, it's, it's bitten me and Seth in the butt a couple times before this year on NFL games. So when you see that much money coming in on one team, it's it's worth throwing the underdog and going against everybody. Got to play contrarian sometimes. You got to play contrarian. Oh, yeah. it's, it's worth a couple bucks just, just on the off chance. I mean, you would have gotten a good number at, for Cavs money line, probably plus 300 or so. I don't know. Oh, yeah, you definitely good. So that would have been worth it because they ended up winning the game. Crazy game, though. Um, but anyways, I want to talk about the Nets because I was looking at KD's numbers this year, and he hasn't scored less than 26 all all season, um, which means uh, that means his typical pre- player prop is going to be pretty high, you know, probably are around 28 or so. But, I mean, odds are at this point he scores over 30 points because he, he does it like most games. Um, so look look for that as the season goes on. If he's definitely playing and hot and, they, you know, they got a big game against a big team and they know they have to win, um, I like him to, to score over 30 points and, and hit the over on a player prop if you if you like looking at that. Um, that was just something I noticed and wanted to point out to you all. Y'all. Um, I don't know, Katie's, Katie's on a tear right now. Yeah, he's, he's playing really great. He's definitely going to win comeback player of the year. Um, and might might even have a run at MVP, which I know you're going to talk about. Whoa, segue! Let's go, love it. Look at Seth catching up on the on the segue train. Um, that was a good segue. Right I there. was just going into the MVP discussion. Um, I know Luca's the current favorite at plus four hundred, which is actually pretty good value, I think, still because you know he's he's the guy that we talked about all year is probably going to win the the MVP. Um, just because of how well he's playing, and he's kind of the only guy in the Mavs. You know, I know they have a couple other pieces, but he's he's the guy. He's the reason they win games, for sure. And he's just he's ridiculous. Um, but my problem with him is, what if the Mavs don't finish in the top four of the Western Conference? I mean, it it rarely happens that the MVP isn't on a like a a top team. I know I think Russ did it a few years ago, but other than that, it doesn't happen very often. It's usually one of the top teams that that has an MVP. Um, so I think there's some value in some other people. Um, Giannis is right behind him at plus 450, I think. So there's some value there. But I'm, I'm kind of going lower down the board at this point just to throw a couple bucks on at, at good odds. Um, I like the value in both LeBron at plus 1,000 and KD at plus 800. Um, I just talked about KD. You know, Seth, Seth said he might be comeback player of the year, or definitely will be. Um, but he also may end up leading the league in scoring. So look if if the Nets get hot with this whole James Harden and Kyrie thing, you know I know I said that last week they they still won't win the the championship or even the East, but I but they still could end up being a top two or three seed in the East, and and if Katie's the leading scorer on that team, maybe he ends up you know getting a look at MVP if if nobody else does it. But then you know I also just love LeBron to win another MVP at this point. I mean you're getting great value there at ten to one odds to throw a couple bucks on it. Um, just just the impressiveness of it all. LeBron at 36 years old still ends up with the number one seed in a, in a tough Western Conference. There's, you know, it's hard to argue the fact, you know, that, that he deserves or he is deserving of an, another MVP to his name. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm, I'm looking at LeBron right now, and usually at the beginning of the year, especially, especially in his later years, he doesn't start off like, you know, he's not scalding hot, you know? Yeah. He kind of has a slower start. Um. Maybe it's due to his age. Maybe it's because he's saving it for later. 
um, like the playoff push. But he only has one triple-double as of now. But, I mean, he's averaging eight assists, eight rebounds, 24 points a game. I mean, again, it's, it's hard. It's hard. And, not, and I, think, I think there is a pretty good value. If you're getting plus 1,000 for a guy who's known to turning it on at, you know, later in the, in the year, and he's already averaging 8, 8, 24. Yeah. I, I also see it as a good value there. The other, the other thing that's interesting is the, the there isn't a – oh, back to the Luka Doncic thing that you're talking about. There, if the playoffs ended today, I know, again, it's very, very early, but the Mavericks aren't even in the playoffs. Wow, yeah. They're the – and, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the standings, and the West is deep. No, like yeah, Golden, Golden State's back this year, so they're contending – um, they're in the seventh spot. Portland's look decent. They're in the sixth. San Antonio's in the fifth. Phoenix is in the fourth. Yeah, Phoenix um, is good. If like if Phoenix stays good, um, I think the Jazz will drop off a little bit. They're ten and four right now. I don't think they're that. Good. They've won like six straight. So yeah, they're on a six. They're on a six game winning streak. They're hot. Uh, but I, I think they'll drop off a little bit. I think I think Dallas will pass Memphis. But then you've got the Nuggets in the Western Conference. Are just tough. And I think it's going to be. You know, does the committee recognize that versus a KD, you know, who's in the East where you've got the Knicks at the eighth seed and like the Cavs are the sixth seed. So it's just, it, I think it's just a different level of competition that they're going at. It just depends what they value. But yeah, I definitely like those high odds for KD and LeBron. Just, you know, throw some, throw a little bit of money on it. Yeah, I feel um, like it's worth it. I win in the end, but. We'll see again very early, very early, but we'll we'll keep you guys updated with our with our picks on that um, every other week or so. Yeah, it's, it's fun to monitor, especially at this early stage, because that's when you get the great value before it gets kind of like it's a done deal. Exactly. You want to you want to catch it before somebody turns it on, for sure. Precisely. Uh, talk about being turned on. Um, me and Seth are huge golfers, so I'd be wrong not to talk about golf. today. Yeah, look at that. Um, it's so. very nice. I, I held it for the first time and I was heavily aroused. Yep. Talk about being turned right. on. There you go. I got I got fitted for the first time and my old putter was like the shaft was so dense. Like the guy tried to get like markings on it. He's like, Did you buy this used? I was like, I'm like, No. He's like, Why is the shaft so messed? I'm like, Oh, I slammed it into the ground. And he's like, Oh, okay. So <laughs> I, I putted ball seven balls of that from like twelve feet away. Missed all seven. And then I tried test out a bunch of putters, and then the one that I ended up getting, I went seven for seven. Wow. Actually locked in from ten to twelve feet. Um, pretty excited, pretty firm, if I must say so myself. Um, but yes, golf makes me very, very sexually excited. <laughs> All right, you're getting a little deeper dive into Seth and Chuck than than you normally do this week, but uh, but we yep. like that. We like definitely that. deep on that dive. It's you know it's I mean? a late night on a Wednesday. We're getting a little. A little out of it, but yeah, I'm gonna talk about some golf. It's it's pretty rare to do on the podcast unless it's a it's a big tournament. This one's not huge. We got the American Express Open this week. Who's excited? I'm excited. Um, they're heading to California after two straight tournaments in Hawaii. Um, so they're getting back on the mainland. So I was looking at you know I, I like to look at uh who's been playing really well and there was a couple guys that popped out to me that played really well in hawaii but didn't end up winning a tournament um joaquin neiman had two top five finishes in hawaii and colin markawa had two top 10 finishes those are two young guys who've been playing really well 
last year and are just continuing that that hot trend this year. Um, but they're not actually playing this week, so that's a little unfortunate. I, I would have liked to look at look at them um, for a potential winner at least a top five finish. But but the next time they play, keep an eye on on Joaquin Neiman or Colin Morikawa to eventually win a tournament this year. So. You know, with golf, it's it's great value to just throw a couple bucks. Like I was saying uh, about the MVP earlier, it's 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 worth it to throw a couple bucks on on somebody just to win the tournament outright. If you're wrong, which you likely will be, you're not you're not gonna be out that much money. But if you if you hit, um, could be really valuable. Um, the favorite this week in the American Express Open, I believe, is Patrick Cantlay. He's like a fourteen to one favorite. So just it's worth it to throw a couple bucks on on any anyone if you're confident in them. To, to make a good run at it. Um, like I said, Joaquin and, and Colin aren't playing this week, so I'm going to throw my bet, my money, on another young gun who's kind of up and coming, who had a great 2020, and I expect him to continue that trend in 2021. Um, hasn't played yet this year, didn't, didn't end up playing in Hawaii, but Matthew Wolf, you're getting 25-1 to 1 odds on Matthew Wolf. He's kind of an up-and-comer who won a couple tournaments last year, but also had a couple really great finishes. Uh, hasn't ended up hasn't played since the Masters, um, and he actually got cut at the Masters. He didn't make the cut, so I think he's kind of taken that time. I assume to to work on his game a little bit and return to that form that that we saw towards the end of the summer where he was playing really well. Um, so I expect him to kind of come back hot here and and maybe maybe win it. I think it's just worth it's worth throwing a couple bucks at twenty five to one. That's really good value for for a pretty good golfer who's shown he's capable of winning tournaments as of late, and uh, maybe he maybe he does it in California. Who knows. He's a guy with like a little hitch in his. Yeah, uh, got swing. a weird swing, but it's man, is he is he really good? He's really good. He's like twenty two, isn't he? Or twenty three? Yeah, we got a lot he's of like, young guys that are really exciting calling coming up. I you know I talked those two guys earlier are also very young, um, so we got a couple, a few young comers that that have already started to win tournaments. Like Colin Marikawa won the, the U.S. Open, or the yeah the U.S. Open. So you know we're starting to see these guys win majors already. So. We got a we got a bright future ahead of us in the game of golf. It's the new era of golf starting up before our eyes. Twenty twenty was the start of that. It's yeah. gonna continue through through the next decade with these these young bulls. Yeah, we got some good guys coming in for sure. Very very excited. But I think that, is that that the end of uh, the random rundown. That that's all I had for you this week. Um, maybe we'll try to get some even more random stuff next week or next time. Um, but yeah, we 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 hit on the NHL, we hit on the NBA, we hit on some golf. And just just keeping it fresh, just keeping it. You know, we gotta get we gotta get a little more interesting sometimes around here. Keeping it light, keeping it fresh is what we do. I think I think next week as well, I'm gonna start throwing more specific um, NBA player props as well. Part of the hop the hoop segment, so we'll have you know a, a spread side and we'll have prop side, um, just to get back into those props as well. Because I I love doing player props. I I love doing player props on not on the stars so much. Because, again, it's harder. It's like, what if they sit out or they take limited minutes that yeah. game? Um, but, like, those middle-tier players, middle to upper tier, uh, like a Mike Conley or even a Donovan Mitchell, who's like a star, but, you know, he, he plays pretty much every game. Yeah. Not like a Kawhi or a LeBron. Um, also, like a Tyler Hero, uh, who's a little lower, not not quite elite, but, you know, middle on the on the up-and-ups. So those, those type of players, um, I see a lot of value on those player props there. Uh, so we'll get into those next week as well so i'm excited for that yeah good stuff um so i think that that wraps it up here for uh for season two episode three 
Uh, I think we're going to end up titling this one Homecoming for Seth's love of the home teams. Pop the Hoops Homecoming, Minnesota, Florida State, Oklahoma State, UNC. Watch for the spreads. Watch when they come out and jump on them early because they will change. Yep, got to get in there early. At the Pacers Mavs uh, yesterday because it came out as a pick em. And I was like, Pacers without Miles Turner and without Levert after Oladipo left. So I went on the Mavs. I woke up this morning. The line was at two and a half um, on Dallas. Yeah, those lines, you especially gotta, in basketball, they, they jump, move a couple points. And, and that's big in basketball. A couple points is huge. So if you can get some good value there. Uh, so take a look at those lines probably, what, Friday afternoon, Friday night? Um, I'd look Friday, yeah, Friday afternoon to Friday night. Yeah, I keep an eye on them all Friday because they, they could come early because all those games are pretty much at noon or around noon, noon to five. So they're going to come out probably Friday morning. Yeah. So I, I look in the morning. Got a nice lunch break on, on your Friday, trying to get ready for the weekend, get hype, um, take a look at take a look at some lines and, and maybe throw some bets. Yeah, it's a, it's a paycheck type of week right now on the line. We're going <laughs> to throw the paycheck on these games and we're going to we come go. out with more than one. More than one paycheck. You're throwing one <laughs> paycheck on the line to win three. That's that's the way you got to think about it. Love it. So, but I'm excited for this week. I'm ready to get after it. I'm ready to watch some exciting basketball. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll be in Florida, so I'm going to be posting updates on our story, um, the Hop the Props Instagram. You can follow us. Um, it's Hop the underscore Props. Um, I'll be I'll post live updates on me watching the Minnesota Florida State. Oklahoma State and UNC, if they're on down there. Uh, the woman might restrict me, but I'll tell her it's for the boys. Yeah, got, might not got to rep the paw. Her, but we'll see. <laughs> see how it goes. All right. Love it, Seth. Uh, thank you guys for listening and uh, another good episode in the books. Yes. Thank you, Hopper Nation, for believing us and following our bets because they are good. Hop the hoops, three and one. We're gonna be seven and one next week. Oof, let's see it. It's true, it's true. Have a good weekend, guys, and and watch some good sports. A lot of good games on. Yep. We'll catch you guys on the flippity flop. Hopper Nation, deuces. We outie.